Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely, wonderful, tall co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Still tall. Still tall. Never going to stop. Never going to stop. <laughs> Never going to shrink. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today, we will be discussing... The 13th Floor Elevators. Break out your acid and your mushrooms and your marijuanas. It's going to be go- a good time. Oh, it's going to be a real fun time. <laughs> Before we jump into that, if you'd like to help us out, subscribe on YouTube.com slash every album ever. Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, tell a friend, review, you know. Wait, what did I say? Did I say five-star review? I think you did. I take it back. Don't do that. Uh, Spotify, <laughs> uh, you know, tell a friend, you know, send clips and share and do all that. It would help us a great deal. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. And as usual, there will be a Spotify playlist on the 13th floor elevators. You should find uh, a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. We've got playlists associated with pretty much every episode. Uh, you can find them all at everyalbumever.com. You know, all that. Uh, please also, if you'd like to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash everyalbumever. There we have bonus episodes. Uh, you get earlier access to certain episodes. You get, you know, little perks here and there. It's fun. It's cool stuff. Don't do it, though. But if you'd like to do it, we love it. <laughs> I'm these these new headphones aren't going to pay for themselves. Absolutely. My other ones cracked out on me. And like, I thought about it like I don't I could do all the things with a pair of headphones with one ear that works. But that's living in poverty. That's living like a sad piece of shit. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm not Alex. Is that <laughs> sometimes you got to treat yourself uh, not as dire. But I did something similar with gaming headphones recently. Really? Where I probably shouldn't have but fuck it the other ones are getting gnarly Mm -hmm. uh this is gonna be in slight debt forever this is Uh, yeah this is the way it is actually speaking of the patreon uh i just recorded is it out already yeah it's out uh episode with uh with me and john uh our buddy john bowers he's also my twitch partner uh we talked the the goal was to like okay no music this time twitch yeah that didn't last that long. No. I'm not good at one topic podcasts. No. It just goes all over the place. Yeah. So next time it will be back with Alex. Maybe we'll do a kind of alternating <laughs> thing. Uh, maybe. Well, whatever. It's just, it's, it's fun stuff. It's not, uh, you know, it's also fun to not be uh, abiding by a schedule or rules or uh, PC words. We say some horrible things, horrible things. And that's why it's behind a paywall. But... <laughs> And that's why it's with John and not me. Don't worry. We threw you, we threw you <laughs> under the bus as well. Okay, great. Uh, so, okay. 13th floor elevators. Uh, 60s as shit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, arguably invented this, the psychedelic yeah. music thing. They were one of the first, if not the first band to refer to their band as, as- psychedelic. And uh, yeah, I think think it's really cool like they're from texas and all these dope bands i listen to like zz top and uh now the butthole Surfers hell yeah and uh the black angels like they love the 13th floor elevators like mm-hmm. like if you're cool for lack of a better word i'll just say if you're like a cool alt rock band mm-hmm. from from Texas, it's like, yeah, you know, you gotta know 13 floor elevators. Yeah. And uh I was exposed, it's a weird word to use them. Uh I was nuggets. Yeah, nuggets, dude. I fuck man. When I was uh eleven, yeah. I was I was uh <laughs> listening to the nuggets box set like a ton. Yeah. And I really wish it was streaming. It's not, I don't think. Uh, I think people make playlists though. Yeah. So, so the nuggets nuggets, I forgot what the, the full title of it is. Uh, but it's, it's a gigantic compilation of just sixties, one hit wonders, pretty much unbelievable compilation yes. of sixties tracks. And then they made a nuggets too, which was the same deal, but with, uh, just bands outside of the U S mm-hmm. so all over Europe, mostly Europe. And that one was great too. That's how I discovered the move was yeah. through that box it in the, the creation. Uh, uh, but <clears throat> 13 floor elevators, their, their, their biggest song was, uh, absolutely on nuggets and hearing that again, took me back. Yeah. Oh boy. It's funny how much play that, uh, that song gets now. What is it? What's it been in recently? The song uh, is called, you're going to miss me. 
by the way. Recently, I don't know what the hell it's been in recently, but uh, it's been in like True Blood commercials. Uh-huh. Um, what else are we working with here? Yeah, you know, this the fact that, uh, you know, it was in True Blood is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. For those who don't remember, that was a huge, before it went down in quality, first few seasons of True Blood were fucking huge. Interesting. Huge. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, I wish the documentary was scream- or streaming. <sighs> yeah, I was looking for it, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's uh, much like... What other fucking bands? Do, all the bands. Much like other bands we've talked about, it's one of those things where, like, I know I've seen the documentary, but it's yeah, been so, so long. long that so, yeah, that's, it's, that documentary is also called You're Gonna Miss Me. I really wanted to watch it, but uh, I would... Listen, man, I just spent too much money on it. <laughs> that yeah. I can't afford. But uh, that's a really sad excuse, but it's actually true. Um, so, Rocky Erickson, the main dude. Well, not the main dude, but like the singer, guitar player for 13 Floor Elevators. Is it pronounced Rocky or Rocky? I think it's Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, I believe it's Rocky. It's a, it's like a combination of his first and middle name. Yeah. Roger something with a K. Um, yeah, I've known about this guy and his eccentricities for many years. Yes. And I'm very excited to talk about them. And I think it would be better for the episode to front load the things that what he is <laughs> before we talk about the music yes uh he is very much a brian wilson nick drake type guy sid barrett type and yeah. he could have ended up like uh nick drake but i am very happy he got to fight through that and see like the uh the fruit that his music would eventually yield and yeah. all the respect that he got before he passed away. Yeah. Um, which was like last year, right? Yes. Yeah. That was man. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy that he didn't end up like a, a Nick Drake type character. Yeah. It was close though. It was real close. It was real close. That's what the documentary is about, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, schizophrenic. Yeah. Um, what else does he got going on? I have on my notes. My Rocky Erickson trivia of all the, th- nice. the little a bullet point of all the weird things about this guy. The, f- the thing that kicked it all off, I believe, was him getting arrested for, for marijuana, yeah. for having marijuana. Well, uh, Already jo- insane. A joint. A joint. Yeah. yeah. Already. Fuck you, America. Already that. Because it's just a little joint with the fucking problem. So yeah. he, he gets arrested for that. Pleads insanity. Instead of doing jail time because... One joint was jail time back in the day. It was pleading insanity. Worst. One of the worst things he could have done that in three years in yes. a mental institution, a maximum security mental institution uh, and three years of electroshock therapy. Yeah. Come on. That's Come a horse. Yeah. That's, a ho- that's literally the show American horror story. That is literally that, cuckoo's nest. Yeah. What in the holy hell? That's so that's, he, uh, I was reading interviews and when he was older and stuff, he was, he's very much like, uh, you know, very much a, a schizophrenic, apparently schizophrenic. I have family, family members who talk just like the way he talked. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very familiar with that type of conversation. And, uh, he remembers nothing from those years. That like, makes sense. It's gone. Yeah. Just super crazy. Uh, <clears throat> but th- that was just the first thing. Many things continue to happen. Do you know any of the other things that continued to happen? No, that was like the main one that I read. And then I know, um, kind of getting ahead a little bit. I know like as an adult, like someone had to have custody over him though. It was his brother. Be- yeah. Yes. Cause he was this, that unstable all the way through that. So what happened was, uh, he, he got out of the, the initial three years <clears throat> He was all fucked up and his mom was taking care of him and his mom, bless her stupid heart. She meant well, but she just kind of let him like, you know what? You don't need meds. You do what you got to do. You do whatever you want to do. And that subsequently led also, to. Also, people didn't like. No, but yeah. she, it was, it was like her, her, uh, 
Apparently, it was she believed more in prayer than. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's yeah. why she's like, listen, you know, you're good. Don't she worry would have been it. that way today. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, because of the neglect, uh, I guess his teeth started rotting like really oh. badly, like really badly, to the point where there there were these abscesses in his mouth that a doctor testified that uh, they would infect his brain if they weren't taken care of. Whoa. And because of that, his brother got custody of him. So like that whole thing, his teeth was actually a big fucking deal. Holy yeah. shit. And his brother taking care of him kind of, you know, helped turn his entire life around. Uh, so I mentioned the thing about his teeth. Obviously all his teeth fell out. Henry Rollins paid for his dentures. Nice. Which was the sweetest thing. I had to like stop and take a minute. I'm like, that's the sweetest. sweetest yeah. dent- like he, of course he bought teeth for his, one of his idols that he grew up listening to. Yeah, that's why I bought up like um, ZZ Top and Butthole Surfers because I know they've like done stuff with him musically. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Angels uh, would tour with him as like his backing band. So mm-hmm. very nice yeah. of uh, Mr. Rollins. Yeah, and all these people to really support him. Yeah. Give him a comeback. Also, so that's not even the end of his craziness. There's a lot of craziness. Yes. <laughs> he was. Uh, once again, institutionalized, this time stealing mail. Because that's just what a paranoid <laughs> schizophrenic does. Yeah, they steal mail. He thought he was protecting them from stuff like, you know, sure. It's just, you know, you fucking feel bad. And then uh, at one point, which is a very another obvious indicator he had a band, was it called the Aliens or something like that? Yeah. He was so convinced that he was an alien. He was so convinced that he himself was an alien that he had it notarized by an attorney <laughs> that he was an alien holy shit I, I remember years ago i saw a photo of the actual document that was notarized you know having a, a few unpleasant drug experiences i can see how he went down that road thinking i've had experiences where i didn't feel human mm-hmm. and so that makes a lot of sense that if you're in a constant state of that that, of that yeah a lot of you know i mean there's a lot of a uh, kind of correlation to uh lsd kind of kick-starting any like dormant mm-hmm. uh mental like schizophrenic tendencies i don't think there's a whole lot of uh science backing up if you don't have that that you know genetic precondition you don't basically if you weren't already going to get it you're probably not going to get it from acid but if you or if you were going to get it which is like you know the prime age is early 20s to mid 20s yeah uh, i think acid kind of kickstart like it gives you a head start it starts, oh, okay. it starts early so like brian wilson and rocky erickson were, were already going to get yes it. yeah, yeah. Like my brother was already going to get it yeah. just the drugs kind of give it a, a head start but uh according to bassist ronnie leatherman i think he's, he said at one point that rocky was a vegetable by 1968 like, i believe it. it was that early that was that early that he was gone. I believe it's it. So crazy. That's yeah. so young. He was like 22 or something. Yeah, he was a young young man when yeah. he started the 13th floor elevators and uh yeah. Crazy. Last one, last no no, oh, okay. I have two two more. Yeah, two yeah. More. keep them coming. I'd, uh after his uh his uh when he was in uh in the hospital, he formed a band called The Missing Links where he was the only member of the band who did not kill someone. Lovely. What? <laughs> so it was like him and the guys for mayhem. It was him and it was a completely black metal band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last thing was he met Jack Black because Jack Black was supposed to play him in a biopic. Yeah. And he backed out for, for whatever reason. I think some people said that Jack Black felt like intimidated by the part. I don't know. That's probably not true. He's but. not really an actor too. So yeah, whatever. He, did, he does the that, the cat uh, jumps. Yeah. And a lot of fat guy humor. Yeah. You know, good for him. Tenacious yeah. D is cool. <laughs> yeah, I like Shaq Black. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. But that's that's the the preamble for yeah. the band, which is pretty. They're pretty important. They're pretty fucking significant. And I think the records they sound rough, but they hold up uh, for what they are. Yeah, I don't think they sound too rough. Um, I I dig them. There's only only three of them. This is one of the most pleasant uh listens it was easy yes real easy real easy uh not too much to get riled up about um oh and then for i guess people who don't know uh you're gonna be hearing a lot of weird sounds that's actually an electric jug player 
you would not believe on my notes how many times I say that fucking jug. That fucking jug. The jug is everywhere. And it's <laughs> it's not that it's a, it's not that it's bad. Okay. It's just overdone. It's just the same sound. It's not even a yeah, yeah. when you think of jug, you think of it's not that. No. It's not that. It sounds like a distorted uh bongo kind of. It has that kind a of, little bit. It almost sounds like a drum. Yeah. But it's the same in every song in their entire career. Yes. Every song. It's exactly. It sounds like someone's just playing a tape of that sound effect every every time. But uh, electric jug player Tommy Hall also was a big songwriter, so it yeah. wasn't like he was just uh, jugging away, jugging yeah. away. Um, <laughs> I remember watching the the documentary with a good friend Dylan, and someone was talking about the electric jug. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, this sounds like that Patton Oswalt joke where he's describing a redneck walking in on a muse, a magician in a comedy show and comparing it to a David Lynch movie. I'm like, yeah, it kind of does. Like, I mean, how much weirder, like, the- like imagine being a cowboy and you just like walk into a bar and like the 13th floor elevators are fucking doing their thing but even the name the electric jug sounds like a joke yes the electric oh really the electric jug really the electric bottle yeah (laughs) fucking but it's uh it'd be real easy to call an album electric jug yeah because it fits kind of sounds like cycle psychedelic lingo 100 percent near the band uh the electric prunes oh there you go was it they did incense peppermints right is that what is that them i forget what song we'll we'll get to them one day one day google it and it's not that's strawberry alarm clock sorry uh electric prunes was another band on nuggets but i remember liking liking them just take this this take vegetables and fruits and put put verbs in front of them and you got yourself a psychedelic yeah <laughs> the running prunes. I don't know why I thought running. I, I just stole prunes from electric prunes. Whatever. Uh, so, three albums only. First album was released in 1966. Last one, 1969. So, very much a 60s band. Yes. The most 60s. Uh, so, are you ready? I am ready. All right. This is 1966's The Psychedelic Sounds of the 13th Floor Elevators. so fucking cool it's almost punk yeah it's real snarky this song really holds up it's i'm a little biased because i like i like the psychedelia but it's so funny like if this was popular this would be like a played out oh yeah real played out song oh, for sure i mean it's, it's not very groundbreaking well it's just a rock cat, song yeah yeah the, yeah you just throw an electric jug on anything it's groundbreaking it's true, true. I love Rocky's voice on this song more than every other song in their entire discography. Yeah. His voice is not quite this. This is way more aggressive, way more uh, Iggy Pop, Wild Man. Yeah. I get what you're saying, too. Like, I can picture, like, the the Kings doing this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let us talk a little bit. This is a very popular, famous album. Best personal really? favorite. Yeah. Really? All right. All right. Yep. This is the one. This is the one for you. All right. All right. No, I don't blame you. Uh, I blame you a little bit only because, like, you know, I, here's why I don't blame you because there are, and you'll find this on streaming, two different versions. I mean, it's, it's very common to have a mono and a stereo version of yes. 60s albums, but this is a big difference because the stereo version is the band's origi- original envisioned track listing. Which is completely oh, okay. different. Okay. And then the mono version, uh, apparently the label went behind their back uh, without their consent and reordered all the songs. And that's oh, the version okay. that opens with "You're Gonna Miss yeah. Me." Yeah. The the douchey, uh, a scummy record label track listing order mm-hmm. is better. It's much better than the original. That's why I went mono over stereo. I heard the mono just slaps better, and I wanted to disagree with that so hard because like it's the band's vision it's the band's vision but they're fucking wrong this time (laughs) like the 
So that's a that's a perfect opening song. It's like I mean, it was the, also the hit, so it's why the record label did that. Mm-hmm. But the the other one opens up with uh, "You Don't Know." The the quote unquote original version opens up with "You Don't Know." It's not a bad song, but boy, is that not really a an not opener. an opener? No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I gave this best because I think almost every song is fucking awesome. Really, even Monkey Island. <laughs> Even Monkey God Island. Damn it. Even Monkey Island. Um, the reason Monkey Island, I was going to ease into it, but whatever. The reason Monkey Island works for me is because it's kind. It's like, I think my favorite song ever is Kingdom of Heaven. Really? If you are going to pick one 13th floor elevator song. To listen to on drugs. Uh, uh, and only one, Kingdom of Heaven, is the fucking song. And it is just, I don't know what's, uh, if like my brain is broken or what, but songs like that, like they're kind of sexy. Mm. Like when it's druggy, it's kind of sexy to me. You hear that? I like drug people. I like drug people. Uh, um, so one thing about that's because it's, it's a great song. Uh, on the original version, it was the closer. Perfect closer. Perfect closer. Yeah. I don't know why the label disagreed with that because it's not the closer. I mean, what's the the, the tried to hide yes. is the closer on the mono version. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, not too not too memorable, but um, I think if you're not going to close with Kingdom of Heaven, that, that Monkey Island is a suitable like, hey, this is a little more high energy. Mm-hmm. Get you back. Mm-hmm. Get you back into it. Another thing I have to, because I got I to gotta fight you a little bit. Yeah. Fire engine. You don't like it. I don't like it. Fuck. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, well, let's die. <laughs> I, I think it's fucking cool. All right. Um, I think, uh, again, not like anything groundbreaking for the time or, you know, in 2020. Right, but, right. But that's some, I think fire engines is a great psychedelic track. Um, and then there's things like roller coaster where great. You think with that name, it'd be like a high energy song, but it's mm. just tech it, textbook. How to do an awesome psychedelic song. Dude, it's, that song is fucking smooth. It's smooth. It kind of sounds like spy music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Put on a little bit of that motherfucker. Will do. Also, this is uh, track two on the mono version. Yet again, another reason why that version's better. Yeah. Like, all the best songs, in my opinion, are way at the beginning. Yeah. Like, that's like, yeah, dude. It's, st- it's so fucking strong. It's like when uh, James Bond yeah. gets drugged or something. Yeah. His eyes Those vocal lines really remind me of Wipers. Interesting. Really, like I, I always hear Wipers in these older bands. Like you could, yeah, for sure they like. Oh, for floor. sure, yeah. for sure. That's a cool song. And then you're like, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Are, are are the good times going to stop? No, Splash One. Splash One's great. Yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. kind of a ballad. Yeah, kind of. I I almost hesitate to call it that, but. They're not a, there's not a whole lot of traditional ballads in this entire discography. No. Too psychedelic for that. Uh, but even, I guess what people would, would commonly think of when they think of a psychedelic, they think of like, a, I don't know, like just long drawn out. Uh go nowhere experimental drugginess Mm -hmm. that's not that's not what this is these are songs these are pop songs most of them except for something like kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. um but yeah they are pop songs if you stripped away all the like drugginess and the electric jugs like i said you could picture a a yard birds a the kinks yeah early rolling stones doing doing some of this stuff but they fucking didn't actually hmm actually put on put on monkey island because just to give a, a clear example of the the electric jug because okay it's on everything but 
it's more prominent. You know? Yeah. Do you hear any whooshing? That's kind of funny because it kind of sounds like monkey noise. Yes. Yeah. Some more electric jug in the left. I can't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's like here it's on like every, well, I'm sure it's on all of them, but it's only really obvious on like a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the next album, you'll, you'll get it a lot more, but uh, what else do it? I mean, ugh. what about uh, Re- Reverb Nation? That's kind of like a very 60s, 60s song. Let me hit you with that. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick 240. Oh yeah, yeah, this is this is a six of rock song. It's for sure reminds me of the Stooges. Yeah, so much Stooges. Yeah. Well that's the other thing um, that we didn't talk about is the garage rock aspect of the band. That's right. Is, yeah, that's very prominent. That's a good song too. Yeah, right here it's like so. Yeah, just talk about the '60s uh, garage rock aspect. Um, yeah, so I think that's why you you think of the Stooges and um, yeah, I I don't even know what like older bands to call like garage rock that aren't punk bands. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot, I mean, a lot of those Nuggets bands, 60s yeah, garage rock, there's a whole true. bunch of them. Uh, they, I think they get lumped in quite a bit with just the psychedelia stuff. And they all have that same kind of, and this album included a lot of the, the, where you, you feel like bongos are around and tambourines yeah. and it, like the, everything sounds super, super echoey and reverby. Uh, and there's a very distinct uh, uh, type of guitar playing where it's, they're almost like they're trying to emulate a sitar. Yes. Really uh, buzzy kind of high notes. Uh, that's like 60s garage rock psychedelic stuff like to a T. And th- I really feel the era and the year more than I feel like this is a band on this album. Yeah, I think also like the psychedelic and the garage rock kind of this blend so seamlessly. It's easy to look over the garage rock mm. aspects of it, especially because, you know, garage rock had like that revival in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, if you want to listen to our white stripes episode, episode, I forgot which episode. Sorry. I'll look it's it up there. right now. It's uh, around. You'll find yeah. it. Um, so, and that kind of went more, more in the punk yeah. vein of it. So not quite as psychedelic. Uh, yeah. Overall, I do. Re- I remember, man, I re- ugh, getting all tongue tied. I really remembered a lot of this album as from, a, from being a kid, mm-hmm. uh, this was on on rotation a lot in my home. My brother Robert listened to these guys a lot. Uh, I thought, like, I distinctly remember talking about like the later albums, but when I heard them, I was like, "This don't sound familiar at all." Like, yeah, yeah. this is like all the bangers, I guess. All the bangers. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they. I. There's still good music. There's still great music. But, yeah. Uh, um, this is like. The best entry point, I think, especially to like sixties garage rock in general, it's like it's, it's pretty hard to top. It's not a big leap from like the Beatles' White Album or Pink Floyd to this. This is very much accessible to normal people. I it's think. accessible, not nearly as refined or clean as that. It's mm-hmm. a lot dirtier. It doesn't sound as good uh, production wise. That's kind of what I like too, though, because. Um, I remember kind of getting bored with the psychedelia stuff mm-hmm. and just like, and then hearing a band like this or Hawkwind. Yeah. And it just like gives it some edge. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the, you know, the Pink Floyd version or like prime Pink Floyd yeah. version of psychedelia is like a classy steak restaurant <laughs> where this is like Black Angus. Now, what's I don't Outback. It's Outback, Alex. It's, it's Outback. You want a blooming onion on your burger? <laughs> they're gonna do it for you. Uh I mean this, yeah, this is more akin to Pink Floyd's first album more than yes. anything. Like, you know? Yeah. Um 
which is of course a different band entirely. But uh, w- one more thing, uh, this goes for uh, the, this, the, ne- the next album as well, but I was really surprised to hear how good the stereo version sounded. Is it good? It's I'm like, going to have to check it out. It, I mean, just f- in terms of production, mm-hmm. uh, like I, because my first comparison is obviously the, the worst end of the spectrum, which is, was it Fresh Cream? Cream's first album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds like fucking dog shit. And it's just one of the worst examples of stereo production. Uh, and this, like, oh, yeah, there's not too much craziness. Like, everything sounds like it should, it's panned where it should be. Yeah. Uh, but Alex's best personal favorite, a beloved and classic and all that stuff. But now we're on to the second album. This is 1967's Easter Everywhere. Went too fast. Sorry. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I hate my computer. Wrong song. There we go. And there's that jug. This is... I don't know if Krautrock existed yet. Oh. This is In the most Krautrock song ever. It's very Krautrock, yeah. Because it goes on for eight minutes. It's eight minutes, but it's fucking great. It's so good. I was trying to refresh my, um, like get a refresher on the way over here. And 50% of the drive was just this song. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's just so long. Yeah. Also here, Rocky sounds kind of... It didn't sound that different from their last album, but... Son is mean. Yeah. He's way more singy. Yes. For better and for worse. Uh, but this is like a... Hold on. I'll finish my thought after. Fucking jug, man. It's almost like record scratching. It is. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Okay. Okay, so what I was saying about... Uh, big shit. I, I made it a point to remember what I was going to say, and then I said that stupid record scratch, and it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. It's gone. You lost it. Best personal favorite. Uh, I don't hate that. I like this album. Uh, and... Actually, no, I kind of remember what I was going to say. So the reason why I, re- I mean, I like the, I think the writing is stronger is the most consistent here overall. There's mm-hmm. only like one song on the entire album I don't like, which is I had to tell you, didn't think it, didn't think it was that great, but it's also at the very fucking end of the album, which means Mike's happy. It's right way at the end. It's, it's not even that bad. But While we're on that, they cover a Bob Dylan song. Oh yeah. And when it came on, I was like, why does this sound more like Bob Dylan than the fucking Bob Dylan song. That's interesting. I never heard the original Dylan version. Uh, I think I have, but um, sorry to take your thunder away a little bit. The uh, I'm spacing on tracks. Okay, the the Bob Dylan song is Baby Blue. Yeah, and it's just fucking awesome on here. It's yeah, a it's great. Gr- great cover song. Beautiful. And I don't think about Bob Dylan. It's just awesome. And then, yeah, I had to tell you is like, why, why do you sound like Bob Dylan now? Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, but for the rest of it, so uh, writing, I think is just more inventive. It's more, uh, so, okay. I keep jumping around. Rocky's voice mm-hmm. along with the entire writing style, suddenly they feel like a band now that like. Full identity. Okay. Like, whereas the first time I felt was so much just the 60s, so, so much yes. like their peers. This is like, oh, they're just, this is this, they're this kind of band. They found their sound. And it was like, I'm surprised. That was a year later and these songs are completely different. Rocky's not doing any, ah, which I do miss. I do miss his fucking Axl Roses. But, yeah. The screams are fun, but sometimes you got to move on. Yeah. And I don't think he's actually that good of a singer, but it, it's fine. Like it, it doesn't take away much for me. Like, um. Uh, but, 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 but which song did I think uh, was I? No, I'm already blanking. It doesn't matter. Um, but another another thing, uh, that jug, which I briefly mentioned earlier, every song. 
You're it's not going to get away from it. Not going. It's not going anywhere. It's not going nowhere. It is on every song, <laughs> and it's that same. Wuka, 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 wuka. It's, I this. It was like white noise at this point. Yeah, uh, I don't. I okay. So one thing I read about Sutherland, what's his first name? Uh, Stacy. Stacy. Okay, this fucking acid fiend. I think I was I was reading stuff where when they when they first started out, he had this. I think they call it like a schedule, which just meant take a bunch of acid before every show. Yes. Uh, I thought Tommy Hall was like the fiend and he like wait, which the jug player. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That, Tommy Hall's the jug player. Yeah. Stacy Sutherland's the guitar player who probably did acid, but Tommy Hall was like the biggest advocate for yeah, it. It was they, him. My mistake. They I, encourage you to do it on the liner notes on the previous album. <laughs> of course they did. So I think it, I might've got, got the names mixed up. One of the other members that might've been a leatherhead or, or Sutherland. I hope I'm getting the other names right. Um, they like they had to compensate by like just taking half a tab. Yeah, uh, one of them took half a tab, and the other one just left the band. Uh yeah. Uh, Walton, who is the drummer and Leatherman, left okay. because the usage of LSD was just insane. Too much. Too yeah. much. And like, it it makes so much sense that the dude forced not forcing, but basically forcing all the members to take acid before every show is like, no dude, this needs more jug. Oh, yeah. I'm going to need to throw a couple more. No. Can you go like the jug on that one? No. How about I do a second overdub jug track up, up on this one? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. If I just get everyone high on LSD, no one's going to question, question the jug usage. I want to see him play. I want to see him play this stupid fucking jug. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the main problem I have with it. It's just, yeah. it's on every song. Um, I think Slide Machine is mm. real cool. Hell yeah. It's a psychedelic Western. Yeah. Uh, the guitar is just kind of noodling throughout mm. the whole song. Um, and like I was reading the lyrics and that was like the only time I had like a whoa, man. How so? Um, so it's like I'm paraphrasing to this kind of get the general uh, vibe of the song, but it's like talking about splitting your head open in a journey to get to you. So like, you know, mentally get to the journey is a mental journey, but there's still the physical uh-huh. slicing your head open. This dude needs to hang out with Jodorowsky. It, yeah. That was the only time. I'm, I was like reading the lyrics. I was like, whoa, man, I'm, there's plenty, there's plenty of those, but just the, that visual. That's, really. it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's very, very on acid. That is a super on acid thing to say. It is. Uh, so slide machine along with dust, both great songs. Those are the ones I, I thought Rocky had the, the, the weakest performances. What uh, about the little, wo- little pitchy? What about the ones where they like, um, there's some effects on the vocals, like on uh, nobody to love. the The amount of reverb oh, right. is almost comical, but it's, yeah, it's still like it's on brand though. So I'm just gonna yeah throw a little bit of that on. <laughs> Yeah, he sounds like he's in a tube. Yeah. That's almost like, and the, those guitar lines are so psychedelic. It is. Yeah, that, so that's so funny to me. Like, uh, it's so it's so prominent with psychedelic rock in the '60s to have like just the most bizarre, stupid recording techniques and weird, ugly production. But it's like it's psychedelic, man. Just flow with it. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was the Wild West, I guess. So it does actually kind of like ah, oh, man. It's psychedelic. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound that out of place, uh, even though it's legitimately stupid and kind of bad. I think. Uh, I will say, uh, Baby Blue. Even though we talked about it yeah. a little bit, just feels like a nice 
warm psychedelic blanket. Mm. Just cozy up with that it's song. Cozy. It's very cozy. Feels Spe- good. I think uh well, I like I like uh, I've got levitation, it's fun. But postures is real fun. It's like I really like that as a closer. It's just super cheery and really fucking bounce not down not bouncy, but like uh I don't know. I like it. I think it's nice. I think it's nice. Kind of yeah. like kind of like baby blue in a way. It's a lot happier though. A lot happier. Also, not really anything about the song, but uh, I'm going to pretend our friend that the butthole surfers are our friends. <laughs> our friends of the butthole surfers covered Earthquake. Oh, wait. That sounds familiar. Which album? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know where or when. Mm-hmm. I, just, I know it happened. Just man. say it happened. Interesting. Uh, listen to that episode. I, I forgot all the numbers. There's just too many now. There's I lost too many now. I used yeah. to know every episode number in the name. Uh, whatever but uh yeah i mean it's if you're cool with 60s production there's no reason you shouldn't enjoy this it's pleasant as shit yes. solid garage rock yes yeah. very it's so weird because like i think i started listening to them when i'm like out of high school and it's just like part of like part of my music vernacular and it's weird to talk about these like obscure bands having listened to them for for decades and it's just it's just like the same way you know i guess normal people would talk about zeppelin oh right yeah that's how exactly how i feel about these guys too yeah yeah i used to talk to my i mentioned this i think in the the beef heart episode maybe or maybe it was been a long time that i like bonded with my sixth grade uh or I'll be like I had two teachers in sixth grade. One for like math, English, and something else. The other one had, you know, science, yada yada yada, whatever. Anyway, one of those teachers, I bonded with him over sixties music, uh, and Captain Beefheart. Like he found yeah. out this fucking eleven year old like Captain Beef. He's like an old guy too. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit. And we would just talk about like nuggets pretty much. So did someone come in with a restraining order? Like you can't listen to Beefheart and be around children. Here's the fun. <laughs> here's the funny thing. What is something fucking crazy? Everybody, <laughs> fucking crazy. That same year when I was 11. Yeah. So I'm telling you how I'm bonding with this teacher over this crazy music, this older guy. And I, I told you I had two teachers, right? Yeah. Well, the other teacher, the other teacher got busted for child molestation. The other one, not the one I was talking to, not the, the other one. Not the guy who listens to Captain Beefheart. Or, and talks to children about 60 psychedelic music. The normal guy. Exactly. Those are the ones you got to be careful and, for. Yes. That's we, a real story. That really happened. Yeah. We wear our freak flag openly openly yeah we got nothing to hide oh god <laughs> oh the trauma uh great album though best personal favorite for me um surprised i didn't hear it growing up surprise interesting yeah but we have one left yes and that brings us to 1969's bull of the woods Uh, not as out there. That quite. So good song though. I mean, the production on this album is not. It's it's rough, range. and there's a reason for it. Okay. But. in the background that if they were this like bring them up a little a lot of bearing is in, on the sub you can't hear a lot of things yeah they're all horns so faint so faint yeah i'm gonna assume this is like the remastered version too and it's just like i think we can do better maybe uh, you, you gotta remix it you gotta find the mixes yeah So from this one, I was immediately like, oh, this is this is grabbed me immediately the way the last one does, mm-hmm. which I think is very obvious what we're going to say. Uh, worst, least favorite. Worst, least favorite. I don't even, it, it's one, I don't think it's an awful album. Though. No, no, it's not terrible. It's just. It's the least consistent. And also, they got blues songs on there. What is Mike yes, K? He hates him blue. some blues. So the band broke up. In 68, this came out 69. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, 
We're almost there. We're almost at 69 episodes. <laughs> oh, have I got something cooking for you guys? Indeed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, broke up because Rocky's mental instability, Tommy Hall's LSD usage. A lot of these songs were incomplete and kind of patched together mm-hmm. with Stacy Sutherland. He took over some of the vocal duties yeah. on some of the tracks. Um, so yeah, already it's it's handicapped a lot, a lot. It's uh, some people could could turn this around, maybe, but mm, not not this album. I'm gonna say the worst sounding track. I don't think it's a horrible song, but easily the worst sounding one is "Rose in the Thorn." Really, I the okay. production on that okay. is. Yeah, uh, like the song You're is right. fine because because that's what I wrote. Rose and Thorn and Scarlet and Gold. Mm-hmm. I think in an alternative universe, those are fucking dope. All right. I like those songs a lot, but the pro- I agree. The production does bring it down a lot. I, this, this is an album with already bad production. And mm-hmm. those like, whoa, whole oh, these are really, really bad. No, or that one. The, yeah. The one. I, yeah. Rose I think Thorn. like those are excellent songs. This really hurt by the production mm-hmm. those two um barnyard blues get the fuck get the get out f- get out get the fuck out of here <sighs> yeah and then not only that one but like down by the river is another born bluesy yeah fucking, this time yeah it's like the same thing they've never done blues before so i was like why now yeah like yeah yeah i i d- will say if i have to pick one i think down by the river is is better than barnyard it's like less than two minutes so that's why exactly it's, it's super, <laughs> it goes by uh so i like i mean, first of all i think dr doom is really fun but it's also it's one of the better sounding production wise mm. i think it's one of the best produced tracks on here i wanted to like dr doom because i like i like the character i think it's just okay it's fine it's not yeah. gonna, it's not as good as some of the other albums but uh with you uses i believe you can you can do a side by side to prove me wrong. Yeah. I think it uses the exact same chord changes as you're going to miss me. Like the exact put on okay. with you and then immediately put on, you're going to miss me. I can hear it already. Okay. But for our listeners, I will. So just that intro. I'm just going to abruptly yeah. throw this on. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty identical. It's just kind of slowed down. Yeah. And yeah. Change the rhythm, and when the instruments come in, it becomes a different song, but it's the same mm-hmm. chords. Which I thought was like, ah, that's lazy, man. You're already repeating yourself after three albums. Uh, but then again, you know, LSD and mental illness. Uh, I think uh, made the circle remain unbroken is the best fucking closer they've ever done. Yes. I love it. Not only is that a good closer, that's like a suitable like last song for them ever. Chillingly beautiful. Yeah. It's so good. Oh man, hell of a goddamn closer. That one kind of kind of ended up working in their favor. Mm-hmm. Um a stronger song on here, I think. Uh Street Song. Yep. Yep. It's almost like the end of the album works a little little yeah. better than the front half yeah um, that one like it take like halfway through it just takes a fucking hard left turn turns into a different song i was very excited by that yeah and then i brought it up on the first song but you could tell they were kind of messing with some horns mm-hmm. like um never another it's so crazy there's these like dope horns that i'm for mm-hmm. and then they don't really come up again let me see i didn't time stamp it but i'm assuming it's early in the song so I'm going to throw a little bit of that on. Alrighty. Oh, that's an unknown sound. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine it's the jug. <laughs> if that's also the jug, I stand corrected. It's got range. Yeah. The, the jug on this sound sounds like water in the background. <laughs> it sounds like you're underwater. It sounds like, you know, being underwater. I threw 
That's pretty groovy. That's funny as fuck. It's fun. It's fun. But yeah, it's just like right, right here, and yeah. then they they just abandon it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. That could have been really fleshed out. I mean, it couldn't have given the background of this album, but it should have at some point. Also, I feel like uh, Stacy is a little more, little more like big star. Uh, like I got some big star vibes. Interesting. Interesting. Not as good. Not as yeah, good. Not as good as big but star. Still. But still. Yeah. Interesting. Uh yeah. This was this is the I mean, this is a, they're all short albums. Yeah. This is like 35 minutes. And even then I was like, this is not paced well. I feel like I'm sitting here a long time. Weird note about me. It's the only 13th floor elevators album I own, not because I don't want the other two, uh-huh. but sometimes when you're like buying records you just take what you can get ah uh, all right that's interesting yeah this the this the one i own for some reason <laughs> <laughs> nice alex good job yeah uh yeah it's it's not yeah like, again it's not the worst album, but if if you're gonna start anywhere you probably you know you already heard us talk about the good stuff um you yeah pick it worse yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go back to this one that's why it's worst uh, I am probably going to go back to the other two for sure. For sure. The second one, especially for me, but uh, yeah, you can hear the problems in, in the lives of the people in this album mm-hmm. for sure. Her Stacy just trying to, trying to make it work. I know. I know. So obviously this comes out posthumously. What happens between 69 and 2005? <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, we, uh, we covered a lot of the, a lot of the Rocky Erickson stuff for sure. Yeah. And then the other guys didn't really like, they kept playing music, but, um, didn't really like do anything, uh, noteworthy. And then of course, Tommy Hall ended up being Scientologist. (laughs) Of of course he fucking did. So much perfect sense. Oh my God. That's literally like the only thing that you could be like him and an uh, an Iraqi. That's like all you could be like with, you literally think you're aliens. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's very appealing. It's almost made for them. Um, so yeah, we covered the saga of Rocky a little bit, but uh, like I said, it was dope. He, once his brother started taking care of him, he started getting his shine on, started, you know, interacting with, you know, the ZZ Tops. Yeah. The, uh, I'm talking about ZZ Top like it's one person because it is. Um, it's just one giant beard. One giant beard. Uh, he got to play Coachella, which is fucking awesome. Insane. Yeah. Uh, fucking great for him. Like I said, uh, 2008. Went on tour with the Black Angels, one of you know my favorite stoner psychedelic rock bands that are still going today. And then they reunited uh, 13th Floor Elevators, one show. Really? 2015. Oh, wow. With uh, Tommy Hall, Walton, Leatherman, but... No Sutherland? No, no Sutherland. Why he just said no, or was he dead? I don't know. I don't know. They don't have why he didn't partake. Hmm. Let's let me see if he has a Wikipedia page, and we can see. It's actually pretty encouraging to know that he uh, he died comfortably, or like he was. He like I I don't know which year it might have been the early two thousands where he finally sorted out uh, the issue with all the back uh, backed up royalties. Yeah, and he started just. I mean that song. The hit was like, that's fucking money, dude. Yeah. That's money. Yeah. And like, I'm glad like the festivals were like and this Coachella. guy. Oh my God. That alone had yeah. to pay a good amount of money, hopefully. Um, yeah. I'm glad they, he was in a good enough state of mind that yeah. a new generation got to experience. Yeah. Um, how... Did he die? I didn't look into it when it happened. Oh, I, that's right. Wasn't it like not wait? It was not made public. That's right. Uh I'm thinking about it. Is there even a known cause of death? I don't think there is. No, that's what I mean. Like his brother just said Rocky died. This, and that's it. Yeah. And to this day, no one knows how he died. 
That's fucking weird. I don't think it's weird because he's not like a rock star rock star. There's still a level of privacy that can be. I I think that's I can't think of any other instance where like a musician died and like uh, we don't want to talk. We don't want to say how he died. Like was it really embarrassing? I don't understand. Did he slip somewhere? What's the fucking deal? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I I guess really that's like most of the time it should be like the family's business. And like I said, he's at that level where it's not like. It's not going to be like paparazzi like no, banging no. on his brother's door. It's also like, like a, a very kind of interesting uh, mystery to it. Because like if we knew how he died, like, oh, heart attack. Okay. Yeah. Like it's so much more interesting that we just don't know. Yeah. But he was an old guy. He was a mentally yeah. ill old dude. He doesn't have any teeth. It can't be that interesting how he died. Shouldn't matter. This adds to the legend of uh, yeah. Rocky. Maybe he was, dude, maybe he was an alien. Maybe he just went back home. Maybe. It was notarized. Who are we to say? Who are we to say? Maybe Tommy got the hookups for him. <laughs> it's a Scientology yeah. places and uh, off he went. Off he went. But uh, let's do a little recap. Best personal favorite, the psychedelic sounds of the 13th floor elevators. What a mouthful. Um, worst, least favorite, Bull of the Woods. Best personal favorite, Easter Everywhere, which I'm glad I finally got around to in my lifetime. And worst, least favorite, Bull of the Woods. But yeah, easy, easy, easy discography. Yes. Real snappy, real short. What a pleasure. Indeed. But thank you all for listening and watching. And, uh, you know, you should all listen to Dirty Floor Elevators. They're, they're fun, fun. Uh, if you want to support us, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube.com slash every album ever. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave reviews, five-star ratings, all that stuff. Uh, also, follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. And check out these Spotify playlists on the 13th Floor Elevators. You'll find a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, send emails to everyallmember at gmail.com. Suggestions for artists, thoughts, love, huh? love. Uh, and then, of course, join the Patreon if you would like. Uh, bonus episodes, early access to stuff, you know, whatever. Uh, Patreon.com slash every album ever. Okay. Last song. What are we doing? You know damn well what we're doing. I think I do. Because the kingdom of heaven Hell is inside yeah. you. It certainly is. Thank you all for listening and watching. See ya. Oh
fall. 